Hey everybody, it's Dave here, and you can see Tyler is in the middle of rebooting his computer. So, that means you get to start off with me. <laughs> hey, I want to welcome everybody that's watching today. We have Davey Chains, of course, the one and only Dr. Proto, the great and wonderful and gracious Miss Mary Fisk, she is here as well. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to all of you. Yes, Davey, I agree. No news is good news in your case. That is a good thing. <laughs> yes, I refilled mine right before the show. I'm waiting to hear. We see Tyler, but can we hear him this time? You should be able to. Yes, it works. Technology is wonderful. Gosh, it, okay, so I, I had this, I tell Dave all the time, I have this mute button on my computer. And what the mute button ends up doing is it, it basically allows me to screen record clips and share them on social media without having to worry about background noise. And you don't want any sound when you're doing like an all 22 video clip. Well, when I went to go record with Dave here right now, it I kept hitting the button. It wouldn't unmute. And this has happened one time before. So I just restarted my computer, and we're all good to go. But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Real Forno Show. Um, thank you very much, Dave, for getting us started. We don't have much to talk about today, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it also means that I'll be able to take some questions, and we'll be able to have some fun conversation Potentially even delving outside the world of football. Because while this is a Vikings show, Vikings isn't our whole lives. We can have some fun. So <laughs> let's let's kind of enjoy. Let's talk rookie minicamp first, Dave. Um, I don't know if you want to do the roll-in. We probably should. Um, so I'll go like this. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, 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 welcome. I am feeding Odie String Cheese at my desk do not tell my wife she might be mad at me but he's been a very good boy so he's going to get some treaties for being that good boy i am your host tyler fornis with me as always in the top right corner is producer dave dave we don't have a lot to talk about as we kind of talked about in the intro but we are going to talk about rookie mini camp and kind of what that means and what to look for because it's not quite as simple as hey like we need to be watching for X, Y, and Z. It's the first time they ever step on an NFL practice field. So it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock to some of these guys. It's going to be a, a step up in competition for others. And they need to get comfortable with their surroundings. And I think for a couple of these guys, it's going to be an easier transition than others. The Vikings drafted three Senior Bowl players this year. They drafted... Jordan Addison, Mackay Blackman, Jay Ward. 
Sorry, sorry, not Jordan Addison. Jaron Hall. Jordan Addison's a true junior. He was not eligible for All-Star games. So they, those three guys have already kind of been in this scenario where you step onto the practice field in Mobile, you're with a bunch of guys you don't know. I spoke with Jaron Hall about it because a lot of like the timing type throws were just not hitting. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. But you know, you kind of start to get used to things. And then as you get used to things, that things those things will clear up. But when you when he was just throwing to like a spot, those balls were just hitting fantastic, and that's some of the things you're just gonna you're gonna have to be aware of. Timing is going to suck because they've never worked with each other before. Now, Makai Blackman and Jordan Addison practiced against each other all year. Jay Ward and uh, Jaquel and Roy played with each other all year. Jaron Hall's never thrown to Jordan Addison, like. That there's elements of this that are just going to be fresh. They're going to be new, and that's okay. Let these guys kind of just get comfortable, and that's kind of what this rookie minicamp is. They're going to start to install offense and defense. They're going to kind of see where everybody's at, but this is also an opportunity, Dave, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really kind of excited to see where this goes. You aren't the only one, but also think of this, especially the first day as an in-processing into a new organization. They're going to get there, and they'll probably be met by people, somebody from HR and somebody from this department and that department, and they're going to be walked around and told, hey, this is where your team meeting room is. You're going to meet here. This is where your locker is. You're going to meet here. This is the equipment manager. You want to make him happy because he's going to make you happy. Here is, you know, the weight room and the cafeteria and this and that. And we'll go up to see coach's office and and they'll learn to lay out, probably get little maps and all sorts of other things. And by the way, we're on the practice field in – Five minutes, get ready. You know, sort of type deal. It's that first day, Friday, is just going to be a blur to them. Even the ones that have been here and visited, right? They have a heads up and they can help the other guys. But there's a lot that, it, you know, this is going to be their first time at Egan. And it's just like they're going to be blown away. So that's going to take up the first part of it, and then they're going to get into football and hopefully relax after that. And we'll see if we can get some standouts this weekend, Mm -hmm. something that gets us really, really, really excited. Hey, Anthony, glad you could join us. Yes, welcome everybody that has joined us here live tonight. I will try to get Odie on camera later. We will see how that goes. He's being a little turkey whenever it comes to me lifting him up for the show nowadays he's older he's wiser and he know like so um we'll kind of see how that goes but yeah it's it's an opportunity to really um get comfortable in your surroundings understand where some of the stuff is but it's also an opportunity to stand out and we're probably going to talk about this instance until the end of time until you and i are both dead dave um and that is that is the legend of adam Thielen. paid to go to a um, a local combine ran a four four in the forty yard dash, and then the Vikings brought him in. Oh, he's a Mankato kid. Well, let's just bring him into rookie meeting camp. Well, he earned a spot on the ninety man roster, and then he earned a spot on the practice squad, and then he became one of the better wide receivers in the history of the Minnesota Vikings. That can happen. 
Does it happen often? There are two instances in the history of the Minnesota Vikings where you could really point to that that being like a big deal. Adam Thielen and John Randall. Mm-hmm. Those two. Like, there are some other guys who have kind of had good performances and who have been on the team for a little bit, but you don't get these kind of performances often, but it's another opportunity for these guys to play football and be and prove that they belong in this league. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, who, um, whatchamacallit, who is going to kind of stand out and potentially earn a spot on the 90-man roster. And Dr. Proto, yes, um, Odie watches a lot of wrestling with me. Um, if you know who Antonio Inoki is, he founded New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972. He passed away last year. And I've got a video of Odie staring at the TV while they're doing the 10 bell salutes in honor of him. And oh, just great stuff. Just great stuff. <laughs> My dog honoring Antonio Inoki. Welcome to the show, Stampede. Yes, Ivan Pace will get to see pictures of him, I'm sure, this weekend. Should now, that's interesting. How he moves. We, I keep seeing people say linebacker too. My co-host on Purple Daily on Draft um, for Score North, Thorne Eistrom, um, believes that he could end up being a starter because this linebacker room is bad. And if that ends up being the case. Bad. It's a little weak. You have uh, you have an aging veteran in Jordan Hicks. You have a completely unproven Brian Asamoah. And then you have a like a jag in Troy Reader and a bad Troy die. That's your linebacker room. And then you have special teamer William Quenku. Mm-hmm. That's Dave, I didn't say it was opinion, deep. In my opinion, that's bad. Okay. But I, I suppose, it, in fairness to you, that is a subjective term. So but we, we can just uh, agree to phrase it our own way. Hey, if uh, the starters, even if the one, two, and three, you know, throwing a rotation, turn out to be adequate <laughs> at the job this season – I won't complain. Yes, do we want depth? Absolutely. But it takes time to rebuild this defense, and the efforts were let's get a bazillion cornerbacks in that room, a couple more safeties, and see how we go from there. And that that's a good thing to do. And a couple more defensive linemen, because you can never have enough of the big round bellies. Yeah, that's very true. You can never have enough. Guys Quality. in the trenches, and I think I think that's it, that's important here. Um, let's kind of talk about some guys that I'm very intrigued to hear reports on. Um, Jordan Addison should be the best player in the field. I, I just want to point that out. If he's not, I'm not going to say you need to panic, but you need to be like, okay, why wasn't he? Like mm-hmm. Jordan Addison is going to be the player with the most talent. He's going to come in with the most pedigree. That, in theory, should mean, hey, you are the best player on the field. So I would expect him to play as such. Um, and I would also keep an eye on reports of him versus Makai Blackman in practice. Cause that's, I think that is going to be a matchup to watch because one, they won against each other in college Two, the Vikings are very high on Blackman compared to um, a lot of the draft industry. He was 185th of the, on the consensus board. He was drafted 102nd overall. He just turned 24 years old. So there are a lot of different elements at play here. But I will say this. Those are um, 
that's a real matchup to watch. I also am going to be watching for Jaron Hall. How does he look? How is he adjusting to the game? How how quickly Shocker. is he picking up a playbook? He's a the Vikings drafted a quarterback. Of course, he's going to be up there. It has nothing to do with me loving Jaron Hall more than everybody but his family. Like, yeah, he's a guy to watch. He has to be a guy to watch. Um, Stampede asks, uh, how likely is it Makai Blackman is a starter week one? I'm going to put it at 15%. Let's put it this way. There's three starting cornerback jobs. Mm-hmm. Whoever is playing the best is going to get it. And if Blackman ends up playing better than either Andrew Booth Jr. or Caleb Evans, or um, they unfortunately get injured as Merlin barks in the background. Yes. Sorry. There's a not zero chance he's a starter. And I'm going to say that if he's a starter, it's a bad thing. Because you have two cornerbacks that you invested a lot of capital in last year, um, in Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans, and if they're not starting, that's a really big disappointment. Uh, and it's not necessarily an in, uh, indication about Makai Blackman. It's just talking about what the assets currently on the roster and trying to figure out. Okay, well, why is the third round pick starting over those guys? And I think to me, that's that would be a red flag. Mm-hmm. First off, I want to say hello to my worthless opinion, to Aaron and to Raymond that have joined us tonight. Thank you all for doing that. We appreciate it very, very much. And Anthony Cartanega can, ah, sorry if I butchered that. I used to know how to speak it, but now one of the things I'm looking for, and we talked about Blackman, how well he plays, ties in with Blackman. We're going to see Flores coach for the first time in purple. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how that looks because that is going to be interesting. I think what's going to be really good about it is, and when I say this, I don't mean that um, O'Connell doesn't show emotion, that he's not a fiery coach. But when you look at at both of those guys, O'Connell is a lot more stoic, even keel, level-headed on the sidelines where he's he he doesn't show a ton of emotion and that can be a very good thing but he he has shown emotion like when the vikings came back against the indianapolis colts oh he showed a lot of emotion at the end of that game but it's also when times are rough when you're struggling to not show that emotion is a good thing because you don't want to show that hey you're down in the dumps Brian Flores is going to be a little different. He is a very high-energy, high-octane, passionate, fiery individual. And I think that dichotomy could work very, very, very well for the Minnesota Vikings. It could also be the exact opposite, Dave, where that dichotomy ends up creating kind of that kind of two cultures. One of, like, and I don't say this to degrade O'Connell, but... Because, like, you have Brian Flores, who's fiery passion, he's going to get in your face. That's, like, to me, that spells out maximum accountability. I'm If you do something wrong, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it right now. Whereas you might not get that same kind of approach from O'Connell. And that's, it's really hard to paint that picture because I don't think it's necessarily a dig on O'Connell. You're just getting a little bit of a different aspect from Brian Flores. You're getting the and, control of a quarterback versus... The fieriness of a defender, because Flores comes from the defensive side of the ball. And if you remember, Zimmer would to get real fiery, 
as well. And usually he liked the offensive guys like Stefanski or Kubiak, the elder, that showed restraint. And that's a good thing. Now, KOC celebrates, especially when good plays. He's up there pumping his arm and yeah, right? And that's good. And he does correct. It's just not a so much a in-your-face. We had what we called neck extensions back when I played where the coach grabbed your face mask and would talk to you and do this while he's yelling in your face um, to get points across. It, he's not that type of coach. But he will correct you. He will come to you and say, hey, this is show you on the not the iPad, the Microsoft tablet. This is the way it should have been, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good. I think towards the end, Aaron, Zim just got crabby because the dysfunction that that last season led to was just, it was intolerable. Nobody would have liked to have been at work if that was the sort of deal. So I don't blame him for that, even with the hot girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um it so we'll uh we'll kind of see how things end up lining up um with those two. I think the dichotomy is going to work out really well. I I mm-hmm. I do. Um and we'll end up seeing kind of how it works. Um and KOC, I'm really excited for Brian Flores. And KOC isn't the type that you know, hey, I hired Flores, here's the keys to the defense. I'll talk to you later where Zim sort of did that with the offense. KOC is, I want to learn the defense too. So he's going to be over there with him. And he might elbow him and, you know, say, hey, yes, he screwed up. Now let's bring him over here and talk to him about it and show him and mellow some of that rather than the instant ripping the head off type of reaction. We'll see. That's that's why I'm excited to see this. Throughout, you know, the mini camp now, and then we get into OTAs, and then we get into camp. I want to see how the this coaching team uh, comes together and reacts with the players, and how it works. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Dr. That's the case. And All right. As Barry um, said, got burned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's. The big thing that I'm going to be looking for is, uh, outside of the things we've already talked about, I want to see what Andre Carter looks like. And he's going to be somebody I watch consistently because once they get him in the weight room, get him on a plan, and refuse to let him leave Golden Corral uh, for most of yeah, most of the summer, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what ends up happening with him and how they end up changing his body. Because as we've talked about in the show, Dave, it's different um, with an NFL workout routine than it is with the military routine. And oh, yes. he's, he's got to do a lot of changes. And I think that starts once he gets into the building. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I'm very intrigued to see that. And then we're going we're gonna to talk about um, what Stampede said right here uh, during O'Connell's interview with Mike Florio, which was yesterday afternoon. He mentioned that he regrets that he wasn't more involved with the defense. And uh, you can either listen to that on Florio's podcast or you go on YouTube. I saw it on YouTube as well. 
It was a good interview yeah. by Mike. And Mike obviously cares about the Vikings. He's a Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mike, it, it, despite a lot of um, reports that are um, or perception, Mike is a tremendous guy. Um, I obviously have a much different perspective on him. Um, he showed me the um, utmost amount of kindness when I almost died. Uh, so um, I, I will, I will forever uh, have a positive viewpoint on Mike. So I don't, I don't want to hear any negatives, <laughs> but that's just, that's just me. Mike, Mike gets it and he understands. He, I really like how he's a lawyer by trade and he became a football guy because he views things with such skepticism and he views things from such a, an ed, like uh, a scholarly lens, I think is, is the best way to put it where he's always trying to think, okay, well, what does this mean? Like you think about it like a lawyer. And I think that's such a good, good element to have in sports media because you, not everybody's thinking like a journalist. Not everybody's thinking about it like an X's and O's guy or analytics. He's thinking about it from a different perspective. And I think that perspective is something that is just lost among so many because we don't have the knowledge to understand like how some in-depth contracts work and X, Y, and Z. Um, I think uh, I, I really, I really like what Mike brings to the landscape, but let's move on to this. Tom Pellicero. Uh, was on Pat McAfee show. Now McAfee is out. He and his wife just had a baby girl. So congratulations mm-hmm. to them. It was hosted by none other than Ian Rappaport. And <laughs> I thought the show was hilarious. It was very, very good. Um, they had Tom Pellicero on and one. I like Tom. I've met him a few times down in Alabama at the senior bowl. Awesome guy. He's one of us. He's, he lives in the twin cities um, but I, I regret to inform everybody that Tom Pellicero is a fan of the Hawks from the Mighty Ducks. He hates the Mighty Ducks. He loves the Hawks. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. Just so disappointing. Sorry, Odie. We're all out of cheese. You ate it all. Um, Anthony, it's Four Roses Yellow Label bourbon tonight. Ooh, Mixed with uh, Dr. Pepper Zero. So, but after they talked about that, um, they talked about um, other Vikings nuggets. And the the big one was the Vikings tried to move up at one point for Bryce Young. Now let's contextualize this. They tried to move up for Bryce Young until they realized that Bryce Young was not not an option anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty early on in the process once the Panthers acquired the number one overall pick. So, Norris Forrest, it's okay. Uh, enjoy the show and then go back and watch it from the start. You're actually coming in at a perfect time because we just transitioned segments. So you're going to be able to watch the whole first segment about minicamp without missing anything. Um, <laughs> Stampede's threatening to fire Norris Forrest. Let's not do that. Uh, so the Vikings tried to pursue him until there. it was just known that the Panthers were going to take Bryce Young. So... Mm-hmm. That coincides with the Anthony Richardson reports that we have talked about and that I had heard um, within the week leading up to the draft that the Vikings are aggressively trying to get Anthony Richardson. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. They like two quarterbacks, and that's okay. 
Like, it, they tried to get their guy. Their guy was one of two guys. And it's okay if it's one of two guys. The key is when you get a chance to pick one of them, you better be right when you take them. Like, I liked three guys in this class. I loved two of them. I would have been very happy with C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson if we were to have traded up for a guy. Biscuits and gravy bourbon, oh, that is – I'm interested. <laughs> kind of bold, kind of risky, but I'm into it. Um, but I don't think it's anything more than that. I do think that the Vikings are really trying to be aggressive and get that guy. Because Kwesi Dofomensa himself has said that I – like until you have a Rodgers or a Mahomes – you're looking for him. Mm-hmm. And they're looking. And they're trying. Yeah. And but what they it, haven't found him yet. What I got out of it was it's showing because we had Lieutenant Colombo, a fan, interact with us when we posted the show promo originally at five o'clock. And said, Why are we talking about? what is basically a rumor, even though it was reported by Pelissero. Why don't we talk about the future guys? And my reply to him was, well, there's reason. It tells us how Quasi and Kevin were thinking and what they're sort of looking for in a quarterback, and that does apply to the future. Obviously, it doesn't apply to the 2023 season now because the draft's already over. We did, we missed out. They didn't get to move up. So, you know, it is what it is. We got our wide receiver instead. But it will apply most likely to 2024. And so it shows you, shows us, the fan, that they're willing to take the gamble and trade a whole lot to get up there and trade for who they feel would be the quarterback of the future. Vikings haven't done that ever. And it's something that we can look forward to. Now, is it going to cost? Oh, yeah, you know it's going to cost. But at least they're giving it a shot. What other administration has done that? They haven't. You know, even Fran wasn't taken that high. Who else? You know, they didn't do that. They didn't invest it. So it's it's an interesting thing, and it's something we're going to watch, and Tyler's going to watch, especially he's going to pay particular attention to quarterbacks this year because he knows that the Vikings most likely in 2024 will be making a move to get one. Right, Tyler? Yeah. Um, I actually started watching quarterbacks today. And Drake May from North Carolina is one of the top two hyped quarterbacks, him and Caleb Williams. I saw somebody who I respect label Caleb Williams as a perfect prospect, and I almost barfed. Um, And I don't mean that as disrespect. Um, This person's – he puts in all the work. But there is no such thing as a perfect prospect. And Caleb Williams is far from it. Um, but I loved what I saw from Drake May. He's built like Justin Herbert as far as like a body type. Um, but he's got better wheels than Herbert. He's got just as good of an arm. 
He can throw a touch. He can throw on the run. He he can make full field reads, even though the offense doesn't ask him to a lot. He's capable of doing so, and he's very savvy in how he runs the football. There's a lot to like with Drake May. You'll be able to see kind of my initial thoughts on May probably on Friday because I'm going to watch one more game and take some more detailed notes and kind of just break down, hey, this is what he's good at right now. This is what I want to see improvement on. This is where I project him to probably be taken next year. Um, Stampede. Uh, I think Caleb Williams is overrated. I do. Um, but I don't think it's like the, like some in this fan base saying Kirk Cousins is a top five QB when he's like a top 10, top 15 quarterback. Like, Well, CBS came out earlier in the week, and they ranked him 11, which is about that's where fair. he's at. Yeah, that's, yeah. Everybody says 10 to 15 range. They had him at 11. So it's I was asked by some Steelers guys, Dave, are you upset with where they had Cousins? And I said, no. That's about where he's at. Yeah. And I I, th- I think people are putting Williams too too high on a pedestal right now. And that's, that's just kind of my opinion. Um, I don't necessarily think he's bad. I think he's very, very good. And there's a huge ceiling for him. But we need to pump the brakes a little bit. People are talking about him like he's a 12 out of 10. He's like an eight and a half. Like let let's let's just be realistic here. You put unrealistic expectations on a guy, and it's it's not fair. Like he's a twenty year old kid still learning how to play football. And we've uh, seen that happen how many times in the past? Somebody hypes up a quarterback, they get drafted early, and then they fail. So yeah, exactly. Aaron, yes, accuracy is top five on Cousins. I you I can't. will be watching. That's not his issue. Yeah. I will be watching more and more um, quarterbacks um, throughout the next couple weeks. Um, next up will be Quinn Ewers from Texas. <sighs> he drew Mahomes comparisons out of high school. And some of the throws he makes is like, whoa. Okay, I see the Mahomes comparisons. Then he, in the game, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Quinn Ewers single-handedly cost me a, a shot at $3,000. I'm very bitter with Quinn Ewers. Um, well, he's going to start this year, if I remember correctly. Little oh, Manning he started is, last year for Texas, too. Yeah, but Little Manning's going to sit on the bench. Yep, and he knew that going in. Mm-hmm. Like, Here's the thing. Ewers was a, um, a higher-ranked prospect than Arch Manning. Um, Ewers was a perfect 1,000 according to the 24-7 sports composite. Because what they do is it's, it's a scale of one, and then they do four decimal places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just easy to say 1,000. He's like the highest-ranked prospect of all time, according to the composite. Like, Ewers has a lot of talent, but he needs to just stay calm. And I think that one year, he got it out of his system. He got comfortable in the college game. I, against Alabama that, that in week two, he was playing very, very well. I wonder how much that uh, opposite shoulder injury really hurt him because we know Baker Mayfield tore his labrum and in 2021 and half of the games he played, he kind of stunk. I wonder how much that plays into it. Like there's a lot of elements to it, but I'm, I'm really excited to see yours in this next year. Um, Stampede, yes, we do. We have Jaron Hall. We have a QB with a better brain. Ha-ha. Well, I, I, I don't – I don't fault 
Kirk's brain per se. I think he has issues going off script and yeah. dealing with that. And if you want to talk, that's a, a function of how the brain works. Yes, but it's. I think Kirk's quite intelligent. I wouldn't say that. It's just we need we need to take that next step, and we've always said that. I mean, it's what we're going on season sixty. Three, am I right? Mary formed in sixty one was sixty one was yes. the first season. So you're correct. Um let's answer Norse Force's Yeah. Norse Force's question, why do you transfer? He wanted to be in Texas. Um he went to Ohio State and he just wanted to move back home. And that's why he ended up back at Texas. Texas was a finalist for him. Um and I think I think he just got overwhelmed with everything at Ohio State. I mean, he he left high school early to go to Ohio State. Well, a lot of these top quarterbacks do. Arch Manning did. Like you leave, like you graduate high school six months early and you go to college. With a lot of these high profile recruits, that that's pretty normal. Um, so when you kind of look at all those elements, that's that's the why. Uh, I'll also say this, um, and then. Let's. Uh, I'm going to take any questions that you guys have, so go ahead and throw them in the comments, and we'll kind of chat for a little bit before I end up going and watching John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in a steel cage tonight, live on free TV. Oh, you don't get cage matches on free TV very often, especially one that they're going to bleed buckets. So I'm very excited about it. But Ewers has a lot of talent, but he's got to really figure his shit out. He just does, and. That's the case of a lot of these quarterbacks. There are two guys that probably would have gone top five this year, Drake May, Caleb Williams. The rest have something to prove. And we kind of talked about it last year. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in a group of like 10 guys who were like, eh, maybes. Anthony Richardson stepped up. Will Levis stepped up. Hendon Hooker kind of stepped up. And they became higher picks. Anthony Richardson obviously going at fourth overall. Um, but when you kind of look at everything, that's the why. So, like, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Somebody's going to step up in this quarterback class, and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see who that's going to be. Happens every year. Somebody's going to – it's not necessarily coming out of nowhere, but they're going to come on. Um, Norris Force, he, cu- he shaved his head. He does not have the mullet anymore, and I'm very sad. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a shaved head either. Maybe he's doing it well, to no, – well, yeah, he, I, I'm not saying he shaved his head bald. I'm just saying he cut the mullet. Okay. All right, let's, guys. Let's fine some, looking young things that go to University of Texas. Yes, let's take some questions, um, and then we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. Dave, what's your favorite kind of pizza? Any pizza, <laughs> I love pizza. Yeah. Um, yes. Normally with uh, lots of meat. I and I yeah. prefer a good New York style pizza. I haven't. It's the one bad thing about Texas. There's not enough mm-hmm. Italians that know how to make that set up pizza shops down here. They do not make good pizza in Texas. There, uh, so my favorite's a good New York style. My all time favorite came from Bob's Pizza in Nashua, New Hampshire. It was a New York style pizza was about yeah at least two feet wide. It was huge. 
big old pieces of pepperoni and fresh mozzarella and awesome pizza sauce. And you'd pick up the piece and uh, oil would drip down your arm. It's absolutely fabulous. But I like all pizza. It, it doesn't matter. I'm, I do not discriminate from vegetables on it. I can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Chicago style, Detroit style. Chicago style to me is more of a pie. It's, but uh, I like all pizza, even California style. I've had, you know, the fresh, they stick it in a brick oven. Hey, I've had pizza in Kuwait made with different ingredients over there that turned out outstanding. I love pizza. Yeah. What's your favorite? Give me a good pie with pepperoni, sausage, basil, garlic, and mushroom. I'm a simple man. I like I like some of the elevated flavors, but peppers and onions hate my stomach, so I stay away from them. I think black olives stink, um, oh, and, and I love Italian peppers. sausage, pepperoni, and garlic, basil, maybe even and mushrooms, maybe a little olive oil drizzle too. That's not bad. I will say this: bacon on pizza is surprisingly bad. Like considering how good bacon is. I think bacon on pizza kind of stinks. And that, to me, that was really disappointing. Um, yes, but, Aaron, yeah. I've had my fill of enough camel spiders. Yeah. All right, let's get to some of these questions. I'll do them a little rapid fire, and then we'll get out of here. Um, F- FT Maddie Man says, what young QBs are free agents next year that we might have a chance at? I'm going to be honest, I don't know. And if a QB hits free agency, they're either a rarity like Kirk Cousins or they're not worth your time. So, I I don't know. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, Patrick Harms, do I have a legitimate reason to be worried about our cornerback room? Yes, you do. Um, the big thing with our cornerback room, Patrick, is it's not necessarily bad. There's no high-end talent. But if one or two guys don't play to expectations, it can get bad. But I'll say this. We have way better coaching this year, and they're going to be put in better situations than they were last year. To me, that's a massive, massive deal. So um, it's fair to be uh, worried, but let Brian Flores do his job. And I I mean, we kind of said that with that Donatel too, but Brian Flores has a bigger pedigree than Donatel, and I believe that we're going to be just fine in that er- area. Uh, um, before you go on, Norse Force, I love, love Turkish food. I grew up in New Mexico. It is the closest to New Mexican cuisine, which is people think Mexican. New Mexican's different. New Mexican is a combination of Mexican and and Native American with the best green chilies in the world. Turkish food is outstanding. It has that same sort of spice combination. It's absolutely wonderful. If everybody that's watching, if you ever get a chance to go to Turkey, try, go to the restaurants there. The food is out of this world. It is great. I never did try the pizza. That sounds very, very interesting. But Turkish food is just, it'll knock your socks off. It's out. It Not only does it have heat from some of the spices and the peppers, it's got flavor. And that's a big deal. And it is tremendous. Good to know that mm-hmm. you were over there. Yeah. Um, Aaron asks if I will get, um, my hair clipped, if we go to the Super Bowl. I will consider it. Um, remember that. And if that happens, we'll talk. Okay. 
<laughs> my my worthless opinion, how many UDFAs will make the 53-man roster? I'm going to say four. Ivan Pace, Andre Carter, Malik Knowles, Calvin Avery. That is, that's my guess. It wouldn't shock me if it was just one or two. But I'm going to guess four. They got a really nice UDFA haul. And a lot of the guys on the back end of this roster, a Josh Metellus, a DJ Wanham, like guys that are on the last years of their deal with no guaranteed money left, you cut them and you can save money on the salary cap. Like if they cut DJ Wanham and they replace him with a, a like say Malik Knowles, they end up saving like $1.5 million on the salary cap. Like that's substantial. It's a similar reason why they cut Armand Watts last year. So I would expect something like that to happen again. Uh, maybe a couple times, but we'll see. Um, Stampede, favorite draft pick other than Jordan Addison? Oh, come on, man. Jaron Hall. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Jaron Hall, man. You sh- you should know better, Stampede. You should know. Um uh, let's see. Um, Mary asks, how do you think Denver will do this year? Um, a lot better than last year. I think Sean Payton's going to get them in positions to succeed, and he's a brilliant offensive mind where I think Nathaniel Hackett is um, way overhyped. But that's just me. Um, let's see what else we have Well, here. that's proto leads us into a next discussion. And what's what's that? Well, yes. Have they announced any primetime or holiday games yet? And no. They have not, but they have announced overseas well, games. They did announce one. Um, I don't know if it was primetime. Actually, that might have been a Christmas Day one. Um, Bengals and Chiefs. They announced that for Week 17. That'll be a good game. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the only one. You're going to get more leaks tomorrow. Um, I'm going well, heck, to... we're going to get the whole schedule tomorrow night. No, yeah, but we're gonna, you're going to get leaks throughout the day. Coordinated leaks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Anthony, I, I will give Jordan Travis a shot. I am not bullish on him like a lot of people are, but we'll see. Um, when they all, all 22 will tell me. Um, Anthony uh, asks, will Christian Derrissaw take the title of best left tackle in the league this year over Trent Williams? I think Derrissaw is a true gangster. No, I don't think so. Um, Trent Williams is incredible. And I know we kind of talked about, and he got compared to Trent Williams last year as kind of like the baby version, the young version. Not enough people are going to know who Derrissaw is yet. And because of that, you're talking about Derrissaw – he needs publicity in order to kind of take that spot. He doesn't have it. Will he get it? I don't know. But he doesn't have it right now, and it's going to take a little bit of time. Offensive line is like that. Um, some people aren't the highest on him, um, but I think some of – like Brandon Thorne is not the highest on him, and he is a savant when it comes to offensive line play. And one of the reasons I don't think he's as high on him is because Derisaw – just pushes guys outside, like around Cousins. But Which I think one of the things, I think one of the things he may be missing because that's not necessarily the greatest technique to have. But when you know Cousins is going to be in the exact same place in his drop every single time, you know where you can push him 
to get him away from the play. And I think that piece of information could be a disconnect with individuals who are really smart about this, like Brandon Thorne and the reality of what, how good Christian Derrissaw is. And I think that's going to catch up at some point. I really do. And that, that's not an insult to those who don't believe in him. It's, I think sometimes when you're as involved as we are with one team versus a national perspective, you, you just know more about that one area. And sometimes the, those who cover nationally don't, and it's, that's okay. Um, but Yes, and Minnesota well, is a small market. You always got to remember that. The people that cover nationally, they're focusing on New York teams, right? They're focusing on L.A. teams, Dallas, Green Bay, right? Maybe the Steelers. Steelers have lost a little bit of their luster on the big market, but they've got a huge international following, mm-hmm. you know, of fans. Vikings are growing in that. So when you see the major press, the the big guys, the you know, the network stuff, they're not looking at the Vikings as often as we do. And so they've got to really love it to be watching them closely and to see that, you know, hey, Derisaw will step up. He will overtake as the premier left tackle in the league. But it's going to take time. Yeah, I think it's going to take time. And it's just it's just tough. Um but uh, let's let's get a couple more and then we're going to we're going to take off here for the night. Anthony asks, uh do I have um uh Kenny Omega or John Moxley in the cage tonight? I think it's going to be Moxley uh, because I think the elite are going to win this feud in the end. And one of the best ways to continue a feud going like this is you give the heel a win. Um, plus, it's John Moxley in a cage. The last time these two fought, you have you had um, what do you call it? Uh, like Kenny won the last time they fought against each other in a match. Kenny beat moxley to retain the title in that exploding barbed wire death match which was awesome until the actual explosion part was just a wet fart um <laughs> I, I my favorite cage match of all time Ooh, that's a good one um while you think of that i'll address aaron aaron's said gotta like the new stream for sunday ticket aaron i have yet to purchase mine i need to well it's still on sale it's going to be interesting to watch it on youtube versus um Previously, DirecTV, hopefully the lag isn't as bad as DirecTV's was when we're talking streaming. Now, DirecTV, if you had a dish, it was it was fine. But hopefully YouTube isn't as bad. We'll find out. It's going to be interesting. Mary wanted to know about changing who will carry the games while you're thinking about your best cage match. It's, that's one of the changes this year. You know, before it was always Fox had NFC games and CBS had it. Uh, AFC games, that's changing. They are no longer network dependent. It's going to be interesting when the schedule comes out, if some of the networks come out on that schedule as to who's broadcasting what. Yeah. All right. My favorite cage match. I have two contenders. I loved um, Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow. Um, where Cody did the moonsault off the top of the cage so he could end up facing MJF at the pay-per-view. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, but my number one is one you guys may have never seen, and I p- please, 
implore you to go watch it. It will give you a brief synopsis of the reason why. It's um, losing team disbands from total nonstop action wrestling in 2004. Um, Six sides of steel, so it's a six-sided cage. Triple X versus America's Most Wanted. This like TNA gets a lot of crap because they did a lot of dumb things in the world of professional wrestling. They tried to be WWE light. This is a true five star match. Is one of the best ma- like hardcore style matches of all time. These two teams hate each other's guts and they beat each other to a pit like a bloody pulp with one of the best cage spots of all time. And I won't ruin it, but when you see it, you'll know. You will know. It's on YouTube. Just search it. Triple X versus America's Most Wanted. Six Sides of Steel. You'll find it. It's amazing. If you've ever loved professional wrestling, that's a must watch. Um, we'll get a couple more quick and then we're gone. Um, let's see. Uh, You're going to have to answer that what, one from Norse Force. Oh, yeah. What made me a Warren Moon fan? Um, that's a really good question. Um, when I first started getting into football, Warren Moon was the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. And I, I don't really know what made me gravitate towards him. Um, but I just, he was my guy when I was five. Every, every young kid has an imaginary friend. Mine was named Warren Moon. Um, and then Tech Mobile, I was the Houston Oilers all the time. and Because Warren Moon was the quarterback. And here, look at that. Mm-hmm. I got, I got two it. of them. I'm going to end up, Dave, getting more. I'm going to get the Washington one. I'm going to get the Edmonton Eskimos one. They're now the Elks because um, the same reason why you're, it's no longer the Washington Redskins. Um, but I'm going to get both of those. And to me, those are the only four worthwhile. He had a cup of coffee with the Chiefs. He started in 1998 for the Seattle Seahawks. But... To me, those are the only ones worth owning. So I'm going to have the wall of Warren Moon at some point. And um, yes, Aaron, I guess I am mooning you every single week. But that is our show. (laughs) That is our show. I am working on bringing some um, guests on. We are going to be doing some previews here of position groups uh, at some point throughout the summer. We're also going to have a a fan show where literally we're just going to sit around Ask me a bunch of questions, and we'll just end up talking ball. We'll talk pizza. We'll talk literally whatever you want. Um, Norse Forest, hell yeah. That, that was a tremendous statistical year for Warren Moon. And I've gone back and I watched, I think you, it was 94, Packers-Vikings at the Dome. That game was on TNT, and they kind of made a big deal because it was like, imagine these edge rushers coming at you in 1994. 6'7", Sean Jones. And Reggie White just barreling down at you. That's a scary thought. And the Vikings end up winning that game. It was very good. Um, yeah, I, I go back on YouTube and I try to watch old games. Um, that'll be a lot of my summer. But that is our show. Thank you very much for watching. Um, if you guys have any topic ideas you want us exploring, please drop them in the YouTube comments. Hit like, subscribe, do all the things. Send me a DM on Twitter, at the Real Forno or at Vikings First and Skull, and we'll start. To, we'll talk about what you guys want to hear. Um, Davey, I'll, 
I do a football trivia show where I am currently the reigning champion. And <laughs> I will I will I will share that on my Twitter um, oh. when it on maybe tomorrow. We'll see. But I got like, go. I, I, I used to read football books when I was six years old. That's true. I, I used to read football books when I was six years old. Where the hell did that come from? Uh, you were on one of the shows and I ripped that off of That was great. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh, yeah. That's that's very true. Um, I wasn't reading like anything else. I was reading football books. Um, but until next Monday, Skull Vikings. But that doesn't mean Vikings first and Skull is done till next Monday. I always forget this. I always forget this. Of course they're not. <laughs> we have coming up, we'll have hopefully Friday morning dropping. We'll have another Oops, crunch it down. Viking sculling with friends. If I can get it lined up, we're going to be talking about Jordan Addison with the individual that runs the pit side of Fans First Sports Network. We're going to be talking about Jordan Addison and his time at Pitt when he was catching balls from Kenny Pickett. That is a podcast only. I can't emphasize enough that you're going to have to go to your favorite podcast aggregator and download and subscribe to Vikings First and Skull. As I say on Sunday with Darren, it gets us some beer money. Also, we have a new podcast-only show coming up. Tyler knows about it. He's already heard the test run. This one... It's going to be the Vikings Daily Opener. I'm going to sit there and go through all the news items of the day, mostly from Vikings Wire, considering that's where Tyler works. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go over it in a quick, brief, brief 5, 15 minutes, somewhere in there. Morning show to be there when you wake up in the morning so you can listen to Everything that happened during the previous 24 hours, expect the first show tomorrow morning. It'll be the Vikings Daily Opener. We're going to open your day, and we all know we love openers, whether they're football, baseball, basketball, fishing. Hey, I spent tons of times on Minnesota Lakes fishing hunting, whatever. But it's going to be the opener that starts your day with some Vikings news so you don't miss out. It's going to be called a Vikings Daily Opener, but you need to subscribe to Vikings First and Skull on your favorite aggregator. We would appreciate it. We're growing, folks. We're going to bring you more and more, and we love that you are part of it. So, want to thank you all. We have that. Starting tomorrow, we'll have a Friday show with uh, Scrolling with Friends on podcasts. And, of course, this weekend, most likely Sunday, we're going to have myself and Darren, your two old bloggers. And we're going to go over, obviously, that schedule. We may even do a pop-up show tomorrow night and drag Tyler in to talk about it. We'll see. Stay tuned. What do we say, buddy? Hey, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings Like Subscribe 
and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!